Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's a big day for David and me. It's our 25th anniversary. Now, for the last 12 years of our marriage, our anniversary has fallen right in the middle of convention season for us. So we've not had a lot of time to celebrate. But this year, we made time. It just seemed like a really big deal. Those of you who are on our email list know right where we are. And you know that we're having a huge anniversary sale right now on tickets to our upcoming event in Pigeon Forge. I'll share that with you shortly. But since this episode falls directly on our big silver anniversary, we thought it would be fun to chat about some things we've discovered since we got married and to share some practical takeaways that we hope will be insightful and helpful for you no matter what year of marriage you're on. Before we dive into our discussion about marriage takeaways, we wanted to personally invite you to join us in Pigeon Forge in a couple of weeks. We'll be there May 3rd through 6th at the LeConte Center with thousands of other homeschoolers, speakers, authors, and curriculum providers. There really is no better place to get equipped and encouraged in your homeschool journey than at Teach Them Diligently. But TTD events are so much more than just a homeschool conference. Since we know that homeschooling overflows into every other area of your life, so do our conferences. With an unapologetically Christian approach to family life, Teach Them Diligently events are full of workshops and resources about marriage, parenting, discipleship, and more. We hope you'll make your plans to join us there. If you register before the end of this week using discount code ANNIVERSARY25, you can save 25% off your family or individual ticket. That is a massive savings. We promise that if you join us at Teach Them Diligently, you're going to leave encouraged and excited to put into practice all that you've learned. And you'll probably have a better vision for what you're doing and why you're doing it too. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to learn more and get your ticket today using discount code anniversary25. Again, that is teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events with discount code anniversary25. Well, happy anniversary, babe. Happy anniversary. It seems very cheesy to start that way. I'll be well, honest. <laughs> they, you know, it's it's funny because I remember you, you talk about having our anniversary in the middle of convention season. I remember there was a few years that we literally were on the exhibit hall floor during our events. And there were people like people that worked for us and were working the event. They kept trying to kick us out of the, the venue. And, you know, we... It's hard to to walk away from your event that, as it's going on, but I remember literally walking around the exhibit hall and with you, and it was our anniversary. Very romantic way to spend it our is. anniversary. It is with you know ten thousand of our closest friends there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I and mean, you know we've joked a lot through the years that it was very short sighted of us to get married in the middle of April, which we didn't know at the time that. We would be doing homeschool events eventually that God had that in our, in his plan for us. But honestly, it's been pretty amazing. Even those times that we've been on a convention floor, 
not how I would have ever pictured it, but being able to serve together and do what God has called us to do and privileged us to do is really pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because the time that we literally sent an email out, which people have been on our email list for years, they probably have been sitting on go knowing that we were going to send out some sort of a special for our anniversary. But the, the time where we've just literally just put everything away and walked away from the computers and walked away from the event prep and everything that goes with that have been really pretty special. And those particular times, we really didn't do anything specific, which I think is probably a lesson for people that are that are listening you don't have to have, you don't have to go to the Caribbean, right? You don't have to do anything that is blow you away special on an anniversary is just kind of having that pause of time where you actually hang out. Well, and, you know, I think that all of us can relate to the fact that as you get deeper into your marriage, your kids have stuff going on and, you know, you're, there are all of these distractions. And so we joke about the fact that we're in the middle of convention season, but really, no matter what you're doing, there are a lot of reasons to to just kind of skate by these these you know special moments, these remembering times. And so, we just want to encourage you, I guess, like David said, it doesn't have to be celebrated with you know glitz and glamour and all of that stuff, but just to to pause and remember, just to thank God for what He's done, just to you know, take a little bit of time. And sometimes with us, it's been as little as, you know, sitting down together at in the evening and just kind of recounting some of the things even that have happened that year. Just having that time of gratitude and remembrance is a really powerful thing. Yeah. And so what we're planning on doing today for the podcast is doing kind of the major takeaways from the last 25 years of marriage, like things to remember. And we're taking a huge risk here, at least I am, because we haven't shared these prior to recording this podcast. So we have no idea what the other one's going to say. And so we haven't rehearsed. We haven't done anything like that, written anything down. We're just going for it. And so this is kind of off the cuff uh, where we're going to talk about the top you know, takeaways on things to remember for your marriage that we've learned over the last 25 years. All right. Well, then we should dive in the deep end, I guess. What is one of the things that as you were thinking about 25 years of marriage, that was a takeaway for you? So I would say this is like the one of the top things to remember. I believe that one of the top things to remember is that it is the relationship between the husband and wife that make everything go. So we talk a lot about discipleship. We talk a lot about living for the Lord and, uh, you know, the, the home life, family life, all of those kind of things. But if you don't have a focus on the relationship between the husband and wife, that's kind of the foundation for everything and everything kind of falls apart. And I think that that's something that can be taken for granted or overlooked really, really quick 
because you get so busy and you constantly have kids that are pulling on you and you're tired and then you have work you know, or you're running a business and then you have, you know, something that you're involved in church. You just have so much activity and you go to a conference such as ours or you go to a church conference of some kind or a camp, you know, a family camp or something like that. And they talk constantly about your relationship with your kids. And I think that the relationship after 25 years, I think that a lot of the things that we've been blessed to be a part of and watching our kids grow up, the opportunities they've had, the way that they have grown up, the way our home kind of runs, it's because we're focused on our relationship. And we do dates, we do planning retreats, we sit around and talk about the day before we go to bed, we always eat meals together. And I don't want to make it sound like that we eat every single meal together, but it's like 90% of the meals we eat together, unless you're talking about breakfast, which you don't eat breakfast very much, <laughs> but which is another side thing. I love a good breakfast. Leslie is kind of take it or leave it on breakfast. But that is, if you think about 25 years of marriage, one of the biggest takeaways that you don't usually, you, people usually don't focus a whole lot when they say, you know, okay, they counsel you. Hey, you're getting married. Make sure you do this. Or they don't say that enough. It would be focus on the marriage, focus on the relationship between husband and wife. Not on, I mean, the children are important, but they're not what makes everything go. It's that relationship between husband and wife. Even when the kids leave the home, it's still that relationship between husband and wife. Yeah. Mom and dad. Yeah. I um, I think that you're going to find with all of the things that we throw out there, there are things that you intuitively know you've heard, but I really, I, it's easy to forget them. It's easy to let them be pushed aside in the rush of what we're doing day in and day out. I do a session on marriage. And in that session, I share that what they're calling gray divorces, which are those basically empty nesters, gray divorces, even within the church, have doubled. And for the older group, like 65 and above, they have tripled in like the last 15 years. People are not taking the time to actually really invest in that core relationship. They spend, you know, 18 years distracted by all this other stuff and they wake up at the end of the time when their kids have moved out and they realize they're sleeping with a stranger. And so I, I just want to reinforce what you've said because I think that we all intuitively know that and we would give lip service to that day in and day out. but. When you look at statistics, people aren't actually putting that into play. And it is so critically important for our families. And the other layer on this is that you're not the same person you were when you get married, right? You get married, you're in your early 20s. Maybe some people are in their 30s. I don't know. But you grow. You grow as you're married, you grow because you're getting older. You you grow because you have more experiences. You grow because you go through more struggles. You grow in different parents. ways. You're now a parent. <laughs> There's so many ways that you grow. 
And so you get married when you're 22, 23, 24, and then you get to be 65 and you had this long period where your entire life was your kids. And then they move out and you look around and you're like, I don't know this person because they're not the same person that I married. And so that's the reason why you got to focus on the marriage because you're going to grow. You need to grow together. Yeah. And I remember Pastor Sweat years ago in our marriage counseling, he did this triangle as I'm sure he didn't come up with this triangle. It was something that he probably heard somebody else teach. So there may be somebody else out there who goes, yeah, we got that triangle as well. But you had the triangle where you have husband and wife on either corner of the triangle and the top is the Lord. And as you grow closer to the Lord, you grow closer together. That's what it's meant to show. And that's the other thing is, is that you have a relationship with the Lord and there's many reasons to have a relationship with the Lord. And I'm not trying to say anything that is, um, you know, I'm not encouraging you to idolatry, right? I'm not encouraging you to put your marriage above God. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a relationship with God that makes your marriage closer together. And that is actually a an outside motivation, like an additional layer of accountability to maintain your relationship with the Lord because it's good for your marriage. And so you do it because of your marriage. And so that's that's the other thing. And so I I would say my number one thing would be focus on your relationship in husband and wife, go on dates, do the anniversary thing, give each other little gifts. You know, I've spent a whole lot of money on it. It could be little notes. It can be flower. It could be whatever. It can spend time together and take that moment that you don't ignore them when you come into a room, that they're the person that you pay the most attention to in a room. You pay attention to this because it makes everything else go better and well. It's really hard to disciple your kids when your marriage is distant. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. Oh, for sure. For sure. And if you're not working as a team, that that makes everything a lot more difficult. Actually, the first thing that I wanted to share it piggybacks on that pretty nicely, honestly. And that is to remember that you're two different people. And, you know, there are a lot of ways that this shows up. And and it's funny to me as I was thinking about it, you know, recognizing your differences. You you go into marriage and you love this person. And then, you know, you get a little bit down the road and you recognize there are so many layers to that person that you hadn't uncovered yet. And you start seeing those differences show up in a lot of different ways. And you have to remember, first of all, that God puts you together so that your differences could really be complementary. It's a very, very good thing. But, you know, as I was thinking about it, we talk a lot about the differences between boys and girls with our children, but we don't often apply that to our marriages. You know, I talk to women a lot and as I'm discussing things with them and trying to counsel and and so on, what I'm hearing is they are expecting their husbands to think and act like they do. And guys are never going to think and act like we do, just like girls are never going to think and act like the guys do. 
So, so really one of the first things that I want, I just want to remind you is that you're different and that is a good thing. You know, it's, it's imperative. You, you even noted how we're different from when we got married, like we're growing and changing. It's imperative that as we are investing in our relationship together, we are also very much students of the other one. We are constantly trying to better understand the other one, how they think, what makes them happy, what what unnerves them, what things we should steer clear of, because we don't want to be a menace. We don't want to be a nuisance. In fact, I remember very clearly several years ago, we were playing around with one of those personality tests. We were we were both taking it. We were just kind of messing around. But there was a piece of insight that came out of that that was earth shattering to me. It actually was a key that when I saw kind of what you gravitated to, it connected dots for me in a way that was so helpful as I was trying to communicate with you. And I've seen a huge improvement since then. So investing the time, not only in showing love and paying attention to the other one, like in these big grandiose ways and, you know, investing in that relationship, but really being students of the other one so that you can recognize the strengths of those differences, but also how to engage and communicate really effectively within the parameters that those differences, you know, kind of give us. And that's, that's something that I, I just feel like we, we just jump over so much. We, we get, we get in a rut of really not seeing anything from the other one's perspective and missing the fact that they, they're hardwired differently than we are. And that's a good thing. I mean, how many times have, have we discussed things and the other person's insight or perspective on it was magnificently valuable because God uses the differences that he has given us for his glory. But if we aren't living in an understanding way with our spouse, those differences can be the nuisances or the little wedges, those little relationship crackers that that can really ultimately destroy us. Is this so you did because you expect them to respond the way you do? And so you have no empathy at all. You you don't spend any time trying to understand where they're coming at it from because you expect them to respond the way you would respond in that same circumstance. And they don't. Right. And so then you get angry at them. Right. I mean, we were even talking yesterday on a 365 office hours and we were talking about the differences. We Specifically, we were talking about older kids and parenting older kids. And we were talking about the differences in the way you and some other spouses react to a situation than us moms do. And just really sharing those kind of things and talking about the insights that we've gained, you really, you see your spouse in a very elevated way when you celebrate the way that they are different, when you try to understand, and then you can really rely on the strengths that they bring to the table rather than kind of being in this constant state of tug of war to get things done the way that would be most comfortable or most natural for you. Okay. So understanding your differences, but not allowing your differences, you know, like spending the time to have a better understanding of your spouse, knowing them at a much deeper level and allowing that to really blossom through the years would be one of my big takeaways. Because because I know you way better 
way more deeply than you're you're an onion. I just keep peeling down, baby. I'm very complicated. I, I try to keep her, I try to keep her guessing. That's 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 a that's my goal. I, I, I want to be a riddle. So I guess my next one would be forgiveness. And I think this is something that we don't really spend a whole lot of time talking about in uh, pre-marriage marital counseling. It's not something that you're necessarily prepared for in terms of how important it is. I think that we go into a marriage a lot of times thinking that you're never going to get angry with each other. And that's just not true at all. And I think that you're going to get angry. It's something's going to happen at some point. It's just going to happen. And forgiveness is extremely, extremely important for little things and big things, whatever level of frustration or they don't do things the way you think they should. You, you have to forgive them. And we're talking everything from leaving dirty dishes in the room to really, really big stuff that I don't really need to go into. I think when I say big stuff, everybody has something in mind that they would think about, just really big things. Forgiveness is extremely, extremely important. There are a lot of people out there that are still married today for the sake of the kids, but they have refused to forgive their husband or wife for something that happened earlier or something that they did to themselves or they did not do or whatever it might be. They are holding on to something because there's this fallacy out there that by letting something go, you're kind of letting them off the hook. And that's not true either. You need to be ready to forgive whatever it may be. And I think that, you know, the Bible verse says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. I will say, I think that is a great guide, but you need to stick with the thought of, I need to forgive. Meaning if it takes till the next day to forgive, just forgive. You have to forgive. You can't hold on to anything. You have to let it go. You know, forgiveness is a gift that you give to the other person, really, whether they're asking for it or not. This is something that we are told to extend 70 times seven. The Bible tells us, you know, indefinitely is the principle there. But not only is it a gift that you're giving the other person, but it truly is a gift to yourself because the bitterness and the anxiety and the fear and all of these things that well up when you're holding on to wrongs and hurts rather than truly extending that forgiveness, will eat you up inside as well. And then you find, it's very easy to find that you place on the other person things that may not be in their heart or head because you're still chewing on this thing that you are still angry about, that you have not forgiven. And so the freedom that comes with forgiveness really is it's it's a bomb. It is an amazing gift, not only for the person forgiven, but for the person who is giving the forgiveness as well. And it, absolutely. I mean, think about the the fruit of lack of forgiveness. There is nothing good that comes from not forgiving, no matter how 
horrible the thing is that you're holding on to. The fruit from your unforgiveness is much more damaging and will eat you alive, will eat not only your relationship with that person alive, but will eat the relationships you have with other people that are around you other than the person that you're not forgiving. It will eat all that up too. It will change who you are. It will change your character. It will change the way you laugh. It will impact you in a massive way. And so you have to forgive and give things up. And this may not even be a wrong that was directed particularly at you that you need to forgive them for. Maybe they massively messed up a relationship with somebody near you that you care for. You have to even forgive them for that stuff. I mean, anything that involves any level of anger or bitterness or anything you have to let go of. Maybe uh, you just you need to let these things go. And so husband and wife, 25 years, you're going to get upset with them. That's not the question. And that's actually not the most damaging thing. The most damaging thing is, is that you do not forgive them. That's the most damaging thing by far. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, couldn't agree more. The next thing that I wanted to share is something that I I think really piggybacks on understanding the differences. And it actually leans into the forgiveness thing, because I think that this is something that prompts an awful lot of problems within marriages. And that is to avoid power struggles. And your differences come in here. And the reason that I think it piggybacks so differently on that is what a woman sees as a power struggle and what a guy sees as a power struggle may not even be the same thing. Like I believe firmly that there are things that we get ourselves into that we are viewing it so very differently. And that's why it's so important to live with one another in an understanding way. And so it's incredibly important to to trust one another at a deep enough level that you're able to avoid those go toe to toe, draw your lines in the sand and just really have those power struggles for control. I know one thing that I have learned through the years is the importance and the impact of respect and trust coming from my side towards you. And so just really undergirding the fact that I trust you, I respect you, I believe in you, that kind of an attitude helps us avoid an awful lot of those things. And it's not, when I say avoid a power struggle, it's not that we can never disagree on anything. It's not that we always see eye to eye. It's avoiding those times where we're coming to fisticuffs, like with our words, all those, where we are just really, really stubborn in our own way. And and ultimately, because God has given us the way that the family should be set up, one of the beautiful things for me and for wives that are listening in is we have the covering of as we submit and trust you as our, as my spouse and them as their spouses, 
we are able to know that that God's blessing is upon us, that we can trust you even. And if you make a mistake, you're going to be responsible for that. But but there is a great deal of security and rest when you align yourself the way that God created the family, rather than trying to be two heads, two, you know, whatever. God, God set it up in his wisdom in a way that is really, truly a, a huge blessing to both parties if we don't try to inject our own will into it. And so what God has really taught me through the years is the trust, the respect, the, the deference, the understanding God's plan and trusting God's plan. Like sometimes my trust in you really is a even bigger reflection of my trust in God because I ultimately trust his plan and thank God that he put you over our family. And he has taught me so much through the years as I've learned to trust you more and just laying down my own will in things and my own stubbornness in things to allow us to function as a team the way that God intended it. So I think that we should do a really quick review just so, you know, because we've we've done four now. And so my first one was you focus on the relationship between the husband and wife. And then I did forgiveness. And then you've done. That we're both different. Both different. And that that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. And then to avoid power struggles. And then avoid power struggles. Okay. So my third one is physical intimacy. It's practice makes perfect. And the point behind that is that we get all kinds of imaginary, romantic notions and how, you know, it's rainbows and and music and, you know, all of this, uh, you know, uh, lightning bolts and, you know, all this stuff, right? It's how we feel, you know, it's, it's, it's always got to feel, you know, amazing. And practice makes perfect, meaning the more the better. And the, you know, early in marriage, there may not be a scenario where it's thunderbolt and lightning and unbelievable. It could be different. It could be a scenario where you're just not used to, you know, that kind of closeness. Maybe right now, there's people out there that have been married for years and they're not used to that level of closeness. And that's why I say practice makes perfect is because the more physical intimacy you have, the better it multiplies. It's, it builds on itself. Yeah. It, you get more used to each other. And things become better and better and better and better and better and better. And so that it would be something that I would say that people don't talk about very much, right? There is this, there is this misconception about what physical intimacy must be every single time from the very first moment. And that's not always true. And it does not mean that anything is messed up or wrong, or maybe you just have to get used to each other. And that is great. Well, and actually, again, God in his wisdom, who gave us 
physical intimacy within marriage. That was his idea. Yeah, you know, I, I talk a lot when I'm talking to women. The world has co-opted this whole concept and it's terrible and it's made it ugly and dirty when God made it so beautiful. But physical intimacy is actually that glue that ties everything that we've talked about so far together. That is the glue that that builds that tight relationship among spouses. That is that investment that you do with one another regularly to make sure that there is never any space, that there is always that connection. It's so important. It is It is a way that you're able to understand the differences in one another, the differences in needs, the differences in preferences, the differences in how it even the reaction to it, the differences in the the just what it does for the other person. These are really big deals. And as we are trying to live in an understanding way with our spouse, it is a really huge tool to help you understand the other one better. Uh, there have been several times through our marriage that I have gotten great insight into how you think based on conversations about intimacy. And I am so very, very grateful for them. It is a, you know, obviously there it's, it's kind of the joke about forgiveness. It's, you know, it's a makeup activity, but it really is. It is, it, it seals that forgiveness. It brings that relationship back together. It is the glue that helps you align yourself correctly in its proper place. Physical intimacy is the most important element that is tying a husband and a wife together and keeping them moving together in the way that God has created them to. And I think that is why Paul talks about not defrauding one another. We are to offer our bodies to one another because God put us together in that way. So I couldn't agree with you more. This is something that it really angers me that we have allowed the world to co-opt it. It really angers me and frustrates me that for so many of us, we're sending our kids off to get married, even with a wrong idea about it, because we aren't willing to have conversations with them about it, to fashion it and to present it in the way that God made it. And, you know, I think that there is a huge conversation to be had about physical intimacy and the power of it within our marriages. So anyway, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) And so there's one more thing on this, and that is that when I've heard and and when I've heard pastors actually preach on this, they will handle this in terms of kind of this mental intimacy and having a relationship with somebody mentally feeds the physical side feeds the bedroom, right? And I don't disagree with that, but it goes the other way as well. They, it's, it's not like it's a linear thing. It's not one feeds the other and that's it. It goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. It's more of a cycle where the mental kind of intimacy that you have with somebody and working on the relationship with them actually feeds the physical intimacy. But at the same time, the physical intimacy also feeds the mental intimacy. And so you have, you know, makeup, right? You have, I'm trying to stay, you know, kind of G-rated here, but you, I think you know what I'm trying to say here is that it is a cycle and they feed each other. And it doesn't always have to 
match what you see in Hollywood in terms of, well, you know, romance and this, all this amazing stuff. Sometimes it's just every Friday night, you know, or whatever. It's, it is just a part of your life together. It is a part of what you do. Well, and, you know, to that, to that end, I would encourage everyone. This isn't really on my list. We, we need to tie it down anyway. We've been long winded, but I would encourage everyone, no matter what stage of marriage you're at, no matter how old you are, how tired of having people touch you, you are. If you have littles, you, that resonates with you, I'm sure. But no matter where you are in your marriage, in your stage of life with your children, never forget to flirt, to have fun, to keep the romance part of your marriage alive, to keep the bedroom part of your marriage vibrant, to prioritize your physical intimacy with your spouse. You know, the, there is, the obviously, yeah. But there is nothing that is that that again, it's just that glue that ties everything together. But as you are flirting, as you are, you know, being suggestive with one another, whispering in each other's ears, whatever it is that that you and your spouse do to just kind of flirt and have fun, that keeps you young, that keeps you excited. It makes you better parents because you have more energy. You're, I mean, it just feeds everything. And and Satan has a really hard time breaking a marriage that has a healthy, intimate life together because it is so vital to all of these other things that we've talked about. So, so it really, truly is that glue that holds everything together. So anyway, we are, we are out of time. I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I hope it's given you some things to think about. You know, we talk all the time about how the Great Commission begins at home. And like David started with, your ability to reach your children's hearts and to build the foundation of relationship with them is truly enhanced and magnified as you are intentionally investing in this relationship with your spouse and you are intentionally prioritizing your time mentally, physically, intimately, every other way in getting to know your spouse better, in deferring to them and not having power struggles with them in keeping the slate clean, forgiving, asking for forgiveness, not allowing things to fester that can cause bitterness or breaches in your relationship. These things are critically important for the health of everything else that happens within your family. So I, I, I want to encourage you in that. I also want to remind you before we go, not to forget to uh, take advantage of our anniversary special if you use discount code anniversary25 at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events, you can save 25% off of your registration. Come and see us, chat with us. We would love to hear your stories. David and I will be there. One of our great joys is talking to families while we're on site. So, you know, stop us in the halls, even if we're rushing really fast. We would love to talk to you and hear your story. So, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. 
We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. 